0: Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily.
1: And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so
0: much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. welcome to this week's episode of the unrestricted podcast this week han and myself will be answering the question my dietitian says i should have vegetables with every meal is this right and i would like to start by encouraging you to get curious about the fact that you're asking this question I encourage you to check in with what your core recovering self thinks about this, because the very fact that this is a question that you have thought, contemplated, sent in to us, indicates that at some level you're aware that this might not be right for you. And I think that is the very, very first thing that I would encourage whoever it is that sent this question in, or anybody else who recognizes themselves in this question. I would really encourage you to explore what your core self knows to be true around this topic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. would echo that. And I think it's really interesting when uh, we open up this almost uh, dubious uh, nature that we might have with some advice that's given to us, because I think challenging the quote-unquote authority of people who are giving us advice when maybe they have the... Um, credentials to do so may feel as though it's not very reasonable. But I think somewhere deep down, often we do have a inner sense of what we would be doing for someone else if they were in our position or what our body might be communicating to us at a very, very um, intuitive level. And I think exactly as you said there, Emily, there is a sense that you're questioning if your body is... Um, communicating that you should be having vegetables at every meal that it wants vegetables at every meal or quite simply if that might be the right thing for someone who is trying to heal their relationship with food and potentially um, physically physically heal themselves I think it's an interesting topic overall Uh, I think I've read many times how I think it's 75% of dietitians show show up with the criteria for orthorexia uh, that a 75 or above so I think there's a whole realm that we can go into with uh, the advice that you're being given here but I think the main thing to really be almost uh, aware of here is your your hesitation to truly believe this means something and that's definitely something to take a step back at and really have a look at and and kind of be kind of be proud of that you can have this
0: distance and challenge it yes gosh that statistic has um not so su- not surprised me which in itself is quite sad, but um <laughs> yeah no i i i goodness um no what i would like to <laughs> sorry that's feel like derail me slightly i was like oh my goodness that is that is quite shocking um what i would like to say though is in line with where you're talking there about the whole concept of trusting your body and listening to your body This journey, the journey of recovery is all about rebuilding that connectionship, connectionship. Oh, my goodness. My words today. (laughs) Rebuilding that relationship, that connection with your body. And it's a two way thing. It's you learning to trust your body and it's your body learning to trust you. And the truth is. When you are in recovery from a restrictive eating disorder, when you are coming out of an energy deprived state, your body wants premium building materials. It wants the stuff that is energy Dense, the stuff that is going to provide it with all of the things that it needs to be able to heal physiologically, metabolically, and also to be able to completely and utterly restore and get out of that energy deprived state. And so it's the most normal and natural thing ever for your body to be asking for energy dense stuff. And that isn't fruit and vegetables. It just isn't. And a huge part of this journey, you know, very much personally sharing here. A huge part of my journey was really learning to tune in to my core self and my body and listen to what my body was asking for. And the truth is, for me, in recovery, that absolutely did not look like vegetables or fruit. It looked like all of the other glorious things that my body was just screaming for. And the only thing that I could do in that setting that was aligned with recovery, truly, was to lean into what my body was asking for and to honor it. And that, I think, is the thing that I really want you to hear in this, that it's about listening to your body and being guided by it and knowing that your body's really smart. It's asking for what it needs because what it's needing is the stuff that is energy dense and that is providing all the things it needs to be able to do all that healing and restoration work.
1: Yeah couldn't couldn't be more true that that communication from your body being in alignment with what you need when you can pick up on it it is absolutely incredible of how it is promoting for you to eat the the right things for you and even though that's going to shift around in your recovery and through your recovery out the other side I think trying your very very best to trust what your body is communicating to you is the most important element here because this will come with a whole load of judgment especially when maybe there's a niche of foods maybe if there's a hyperfixation on a certain type or or macronutrient of food that your body is just really really almost obsessing about i think sometimes we can uh, wonder whether it's appropriate that it's just wanting these certain types of foods And I think being really honest with why it might be asking for those is what you have to take a step back at and and really, really have a look at. Because ultimately, when we have a look at what you've been having in the past, you don't have a deficit of the fruits and vegetables, most likely. You don't have a deficit of the foods which are safe for you and so both from a physical healing point of view and that full nutritional rehabilitation point of view which we must must do in order to fully recover but also from a neural rewiring perspective mm. we really have to look at what your body is in deficit of and therefore what it needs excess of to get out of and exactly as you said there emily it's not going to be those low
0: energy density foods No, definitely not. And I really love the fact there that you've touched on both elements of recovery that are absolutely fundamental, the nutritional rehabilitation, and the neural rewiring, because I think we also have to be aware of the fact that when you're in an energy deprived state, when your body is in that starvation mode, it will gravitate towards what it does get given. And so the truth is, is if you are someone who has been eating a lot of vegetables, has been using those restrictively to bulk, to fill yourself up. They are a low energy dense food. Actually, what can happen both from a nutritional rehabilitation point of view, your body can get really attached to those things and can feel like it needs to include them. But very importantly, from a neural perspective, your brain it can become almost like a habitual pattern that actually when you eat something you have something with it that Mm -hmm. if you're going to have a chocolate bar you have an apple with it if you're going to have pizza you have some salad on the side all these things where actually your brain has been conditioned and taught that food is scarce and that it needs to fill up and that actually these low energy dense foods are the things that it uses to do that in recovery it's really important one you do notice a shift of this with nutritional rehabilitation very much myself i noticed that the more recovery work i did to completely like biologically get out of an energy debt the less interested my body was in vegetables um and then also from that perspective as well from a neurological thing where i actually had to make myself acknowledge that no i wasn't going to have an apple with the cereal bar i was going to have more biscuits with this cereal bar or no i wasn't going to have salad with this pizza I was going to have chips on the side instead actually really purposefully saying no you're going to have the the energy dense option to show my brain no we don't need to use vegetables as a way to fill up and so in bringing it back to this exact question actually a lot of the time in recovery from a neuro neural rewiring point of view I was actually really focused on not including, particularly because for me, and I know that I'm not alone in this, including vegetables in meals became something that was almost an well, it was an eating disorder rule because of exactly what I've just spoken about, largely because it's being used for restrictive purposes. Now, I really had to have a rule of being like, no, I'm going to do the opposite of this. I'm not going to have vegetables with things. I'm going to purposefully go for long periods of time where I'm not doing that in order to rewire that need for it so that I can now be in a very neutral place where I can have meals and they don't have vegetables in and that is not what I'm thinking it's just pasta it's just pasta and garlic bread that's what it is in the same way that I can have things with some salad on the side with vegetables in and I'm not centered on that as a necessity
1: yeah definitely and i do I I just want to really echo what you said about that pairing of foods. And I think that's such an important point that you made up almost 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 like um, just because you have that that chocolate bar, it just automatically seems to be appropriate to have, uh, I don't know, the apple with it. That can be really conditioned into you, especially when that's been provided by some sort of meal plan or Mm. that you've seen someone else for me. One thing that jumps to mind uh, meal-wise is tortellini. And I absolutely love almost every single flavour of tortellini. It's one of my favourite um, lunches. I have it as snacks. I, I have it uh, with dinner. But I think one of my original pairings with it from a, a, just a very um, niche example here was just broccoli. And prizing those two um, <laughs> foods apart for me was such an important part of my neural rewiring. And that might sound a little bit strange because perhaps they do go together. But just this almost knee-jerk correlation that I had between having tortellini and having to have it with broccoli was was deeply disordered. And someone else might say, "It's, it's not a problem. But the OCD network that that type of thing maintains is really, really upholding a lot more of the control that your eating disorder perceives that it has when you just carry on thinking oh well it it doesn't really matter though those pairings do go together or I do quite like them together just really doing everything you possibly can not to replicate yesterday or not to replicate last week and really chuck everything up in the air and say actually no I'm gonna have tortellini and it's gonna be covered in cheese and I'm maybe gonna add a different sauce to it just really overhauling rather than trying to just change your change your eating that little bit try and tweak it maybe i don't know add some add some uh, i don't know a small sprinkle of grated parmesan and that's changing it up enough i think so much of it has to be extracting the elements which um are maybe less recovery wise and then completely trying to change it and just one one thing on the side of that is the idea of making it easy for your body physiologically and um, just a, broccoli is a great example here um, we we think about the nutrients within vegetables and uh, they bring value to you yes and the value that they have brought you in the time where you've probably been um, eating an excess of them is there but we also really need to consider that they are usually quite fibrous and that often means that our bu- our bodies find it more difficult to break them down and require more energy to do so and that's the polar opposite of what we need to be bringing into our systems during recovery we don't need to be providing any extra work on top of what they're already doing so making it easy by eating the foods which your body finds easy to digest the kind of simple things is so important to recognize not only physically is that going to make you more comfortable but also it's going to allow your body to um put the energy and kind of allocate the area uh, energy into areas that it genuinely needs not making this harder for yourself
0: definitely definitely and I think this mirrors back really well to the point we were sort of touching on right at the start of this episode about the fact that you can trust your body and it's about listening to your body because actually for the for a lot of people, if you really listen to what your body's asking for, if you listen to the and you listen to the direction that your mental hunger is guiding you, it isn't going to be towards fruit and vegetable. And the truth is, is for exactly this reason, this wider network of your body knowing intuitively what it really needs. And actually what needs to happen is leaning into that trust. And On the topic as well of the neural rewiring, something popped into my mind as you were talking. Then that I wanted to add is that actually for myself, I recognized that I had um, done quite a lot of the challenging of things, like you know, adding the cheese and doing this and making more, and the portions were bigger, and I was doing adding all the different things and having the puddings and stuff. But I recognized that there was still this need to have some kind of vegetable with it. Even if the meal was gloriously recovery in every single way, I still felt this, and I noticed very much in my sort of quitting quasi. I recognised that that was a tendril of the eating disorder. That even though, yeah, I could have the cheesy pasta and the this and the cream sauce, and I could have the, the garlic bread, and I could have the proper coke, and I could have the nice like pudding afterwards, and then the snack, could do all of that. But the idea of then, you know, not having that side of peas. Felt really uncomfortable. And this is where recovery is not just about the biology. It's not just about the physical healing. It's not just about that nutritional rehabilitation. It is very much also about the neural rewiring. And I think that that is probably the the area that is most universally overlooked by standard treatment approaches we do have to acknowledge the fact that you might be ticking all of the boxes for the nutritional rehabilitation. And I mean, proper nutritional rehabilitation. You might be really smashing it, but actually it's about looking at where those tendrils might be. And one of those may well be vegetables like that pairing you spoke about. It may be that you'd added all the cheese and all the sauce and the portion was great and all great, but there was still that need for, oh, but it feels uncomfortable without the broccoli. And you can, it's quite an easy space to be able to talk yourself around it. And to be or certainly for, to allow the eating disorder, should I say, to talk you around it and go, oh, it doesn't really matter because, you know, you're having this and doing that. And... But again, it's about really coming back to your core self, recognizing that eating disorder tendril and forcing yourself to do what feels uncomfortable. And it's by doing that repetitive opposite action that you do the neural rewiring work, which is absolutely central to being mentally as well as physically free of the eating disorder.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I I think you very much um, nailed, nailed answering that question in that section there, because honestly, it's not about your um, recovery eating looking better. It's not about it externally being seen as improved. It's about these inner feelings inside your head. So. Just as an example, uh, one final thing to say is let's say you go out for pizza and you get exactly the toppings that you want and you get the drink that you want. But you have a small thought inside your head of, oh, I should order the side salad, too. Or, oh, I should probably have a fruit as part of my afternoon snack um, just to kind of make up for the lack of vegetables that's going to be as part of my dinner. You do not want that to even enter your mind as a suggestion, as a as a slight snippet of a thought. And in order to get to that stage where that doesn't even turn up, you have to do the really kind of hard line work of I'm not giving this an inch and I've got to shelve them for now. And that's the difference between kind of getting to maybe a 99% recovery and full unconditional absolute recovery where you don't even have those thoughts entering your head anymore. So it might look like going out and purposely getting the pizza which doesn't even have any tiny vegetables on it just to prove a point to your brain and resisting any of those thoughts that do come in for the time being just to ensure that long term they don't turn up anymore because you're not ever responding to them and so I think it's just a really good insight again to that thing that we always talk about it's a very uh, important thing that you do honestly and Mm -hmm. internal reflection wise that you're not almost thinking things are okay or thinking this is less urgent than it is. Just because outwardly things look okay, it's about the thoughts inside your own head. And don't tolerate just those little, exactly as you said, Emily, those tendrils that will hang around if you don't actively. And and perhaps what some people might say um, over the top, but
0: very, very consciously and intentionally go towards Yeah, no, completely and utterly. And there is nothing over the top about doing the work that has to be done to get completely and utterly recovered. And this is exactly it. And the only thing I would add in there is that for anyone at the back who's thinking, you I really like vegetables on my pizza," Sometimes in recovery, it's not about what you want to do. There's a lot of time in recovery where it's about listening to your body, honouring your hunger, doing all this stuff. And yes, I'm not, it's all of those things. But there's also times in recovery where it's about doing the thing that you deep down know you need to do in order to be able to rewire in order to be able to challenge and that may well mean eating something that you think well it's not my favorite way of having it but I know that there is resistance and fear to having it like that so okay you know it might be that for example you're not someone who loves steak but you know this is a personal one here I'm not someone who loves steak I don't I'm I'm not mad for it but it was definitely something my eating disorder was like Mm-mm, no and I could have gone my whole way through and been like, no, well, I don't like it. And in fact, I did. And it was one of the things in Quasar, I had to recognize all these things that I was like, no, no, I don't like those. And it's recognizing those things and going, no, no, what I've got to do, regardless of how I feel about that thing, need to do the opposite purely from a recovery perspective. Yeah. And so if you are the person who's listening to this and you're thinking, oh, but I really like to have that with that salad with my pasta, And I really liked, okay, I hear you. And there is a whole world of life out there beyond your recovery journey when you can have exactly what you want forever. But the truth is right now, if there is even a slither of doubt in your mind that there could be eating disorder tendril of this. If there's any kind of juggling related thoughts, any kind of need to have that there, then the best thing that you can be doing is challenging it, regardless of whether, you know, your core self is thinking, well, I'd probably prefer it with that thing right now. It's about leaning into the challenge. And as I say, sometimes that's exactly what you want. And sometimes it's about forcing yourself to do things that feel uncomfortable and that are challenging and maybe not exactly what you love. But you know that you are attacking eating sort of tendrils through them doing it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's getting yourself to that stage where you have options, an option to or an option not to. Yes. in the future if you were to go out for let's say tapas you wouldn't be steering the the group's order towards the i don't know the padron peppers or something just to get just to get that um appeasement for your eating disorder you would be completely content with just putting your hands up and letting letting the group order or something uh, in a very very normal personal relationship with food and and that looks like that looks very different from person to person, but it should never, ever contain anxiety as to something which is um, emitted from a nutrient point of view. So I think that just about wraps up uh, what this question. And I think uh, it was a, a really good one to send in um, because I think as we established at the beginning, that level of um, curiosity showcases that you were slightly aware of um, the Problematic nature of the dietitian's advice.
0: Um, But hopefully, we've just padded that out for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much to every single one of you who is listening. Your support really does mean the world to us. If you have any questions, please do feel free to drop them. We have got quite a long list, but we're always up for for more. So either send them through to myself or to Han. Uh, Instagram is probably best, but you could also use our, our websites and our emails. And other than that, I look forward to speaking with you next week.
1: Thanks very much. Bye bye.
0: Bye.